Welcome to Upbringing, where Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers parents to grow up alongside their kids for sanity and social change. Through this podcast, speaking and coaching, we focus on our personal work as parents, the awareness, intention, and approach needed to raise amazing humans while we also get some shit done. Join us to radically redefine kids' resistance as an opportunity to nurture skills and values like consent, nonviolent communication, emotional intelligence, body positivity, and respect. We attempt this by practicing powers beyond control, evidence-based tools that protect our kids' personal freedoms, support their skill building, and better align with how we roll as people. To us, this is the practice of parenting, when we can choose trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection. We're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. After this brief intro, you'll hear the audio from our latest live Instagram Q&A. Our live sessions are so much fun. We basically Mm -hmm. show up and connect, commiserate, and build skills alongside our upbringing community. Folks write in ahead of time or chime in with questions and struggles around kids' big feelings and challenging behaviors. We typically explore five to 15 questions and offer our take, our instincts, our goals, helpful phrasing, and ways to parent with alignment and integrity using our resist approach. Thank you for being here and for supporting us. And if you'd like to give your family and upbringing some extra support, please visit our website at upbringing.co to learn about our upcoming membership community, as well as our shop, which is now full of informative guides and inspiring prints based on everything we've shared here on the podcast these past two years. Wow. Two years. (laughs) Thanks for growing up alongside us one conversation at a time. Here we go. everyone. I'm Hannah. Hello. This is Kelty. We're upbringing. We're here live doing our Q&A, our weekly Q&A to talk about sensitive and spirited kids, sensitive and spirited parents, how to meet everyone's needs, mm. how to practice powers beyond control, especially in our discipline. I think that we're challenged by a lot of things um, that have to do with our parenting and with our kids. And I think it's those moments of conflict with them, whether they're two or 12, um, that kind of can put us through the ringer, especially Mm. when we have this pressure to teach, to mold. Um, Society says, kids got to know these things. Kids can't do these things. Kids got to do these things. Got to shape them. It's a big responsibility on our shoulders. And we're here to give you some permission to let go of a lot of those pressures, to let go of a lot of those approaches that don't feel right, maybe, that a lot of us have experienced growing up. Um, And a trust in your kid, right? I think so much about it is when we can trust in our kids, right, we start to learning how to trust in ourselves. That's what so much about this is. It's not Mm -hmm. just about, oh, respect and respectful parenting. It's about trust. It's like fucking leaps of faith here every single day. Mm-hmm. And I love thinking of all of this parenting and please let us know what's going on with you so we can dive in and talk about some challenging behaviors, big feelings. But I think so much about this is saying, God, every day feels the same. I think we get, we talk with a lot of folks in our spirited kid mm-hmm. club and our one-on-one stuff about the script that comes up over and over and over. And like, I mm-hmm. say this, my kid says this, mm-hmm. I say this, then they say this and it just escalates. And I think a lot of us forget that we can choose our own adventure when it comes to working Mm -hmm. through challenges with our kids. We don't have to say and do the same thing every time. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us are programmed to think our kids need consistency. So I'm going to continue to count three, two, one, 
right? over and over again so it's consistent when it's clearly not working. And so we love to talk about those moments that aren't working for us or for our kids or for both of us yeah. and start thinking about how can we help you choose your own adventure and find a new way to get everybody's needs met. Yeah, and how can we not just flip the script but tear that script up, those scripts that I feel like every now and then I feel like we get the, have this moment of awareness being like, this? This is my line? I'm supposed to say this? God, that sounds like my grandma. Or that doesn't feel right to me. Why am yeah. I saying this? Why am I doing these things? And I think those are great moments to remember that we're in an improv routine with our kids. We're not the writer, director, star, producer, stagehand, all of the things in these interactions with our kids. We can enter them. It's a little bit scarier. Improving the mm -hmm. yes and with a partner, with a fraction of a brain to see what they're going to do next, how they're going to show up next. Again, that trust. Trust. I was going to say, it's yeah. the trust, right? It's really hard. But that's kind of the beauty of it is because all of these challenges with our sensitive and spirited kids happen every day, multiple times a day, multiple mm -hmm. times an hour sometimes for some of us. I think we have that opportunity to keep trying and to try mm -hmm. out new things, yeah. right? We're not going to mess them up by trying something new. Right? Yeah. I think a lot of people are blindsided by their kids' big feelings and challenging behaviors because they're not that frequent. But for those of us who, like you said, Hannah, it's feeling a little bit more chronic, how can we look at the bright side of that, which is lots of opportunities to be experimenting, to be working, to be growing, to be learning, to be practicing the skills that we want our kids to ultimately learn. Mm -hmm. yeah. We talk about the Groundhog Day movie with Bill Murray. I don't know if you're familiar with that movie. It's the best, but it basically shows that like we're all little like players and experimenters in our own lives. If we can look at it that way, mm -hmm. how can we move into an interaction coming at it from a different angle? Yes, maybe <clears throat> it begins with manipulation. How can I experiment to manipulate these people to or make my, child. my to, to benefit myself? Right. right. But slowly, it or it moves into hopelessness where you just give up and you're not doing <laughs> it's anything. A full dab to cycle may occur within a day, a week, a month, a year, whatever it is. But at a certain point, hopefully, we can all be like the little Zen Buddha, Bill Murray, at the end of um, Groundhog Day. Well, and realizing how much power we have not to control another person, but to really step into our own power as mm -hmm. people in situations, especially with our kids that, that drive us wild and make us feel very helpless very often, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And just like the last little <clears throat> riff on Bill Murray and, you know, Ooh. Phil Connors in the Groundhog Day movies. I feel like if, if I can kind of channel who he is at the end, I'm feeling vibes of acceptance. I'm feeling vibes of trust, like you said, Hannah, mm -hmm. and of service for others. And I think it's, it's talk about the chronic nature of our kids' conflicts and the, the demands on them. I think at times we're like, I know I'm of service. I'm of service what about all me? day, every day. What about me? Mm -hmm. And I think so much of it is stepping into our, our, our role and saying, this is my job. My job is to be of service to these small people. And when I can really put on that, that hat or that badge or cape or whatever it is, mm -hmm. it actually feels really good to be doing a good mm -hmm. job and being of service to another person. As opposed to a disgruntled employee self yeah. or resentful, mm -hmm. you know, parent self. We've or... all been there and it's okay <clears throat> to feel that way though. Multiple <clears throat> times a day. Absolutely. Okay, we've got a couple questions here. Let's dive <clears throat> in. First, really quick for all of you um, tuning in here live. How does our sound, uh, how is our sound? It was a little mm -hmm. bit crackly last week. So I just wanted to know if our mic is doing something weird. So Thank let you. us know if it's a little bit crackly. Brenda says, how do I help my kid not quote unquote, be bossy at school? I don't like the word bossy, but she needs to let others make choices and not get upset. Yeah. 
That's mm-hmm. really hard to see that happen in those social situations. Mm-hmm. Why, Kelty, do kids act quote unquote bossy? Why do we act bossy? I know you get bossy with Justin sometimes. Oh yeah. Or even um, with me a little bit. Bossiness happens to, to regain control, right? When we're feeling insecure, mm-hmm. a lot of us go into that domination mode, that entitled mode, that bossy mode, that um, know very direct mode. know-it-all mode, yeah. whatever it is. When I see those people, whether it's an early teen or a toddler or a like grown ass adult being in that mode, I'm like anxiety. They're grappling. They're stressed out right now. They're gripping for some semblance of control. Yeah. Right. And I think that if your daughter is, you know, struggling to let other kids make choices and not get upset by their choices, mm-hmm. that's an experience she's having that just needs support. You know, mm-hmm. I think that it, it sneaks up on her and she doesn't necessarily know why it is. And instead of, you know, I think it's really easy for schools to focus on that behavior, like stop bossing them around. Don't control them. Everyone needs to give the exact same amount of feedback and share every toy the exact same amount. Mm -hmm. We're going to look at all of these very different individuals with different individual needs as hopefully blending into exactly the same little person. Right. Right. And I think it can can definitely be stress. It can also just be temperament. I Mm -hmm. was always the one who wanted all the markers. I'd Mm -hmm. be like, no, 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 this group project I will be holding the markers. Mm-hmm. You can tell me what you want me to draw for this group project, mm-hmm. but I'm going to be holding orange? onto the markers. Here's a yellow. Right. Have fun. <laughs> That's close enough, right? <laughs> um, so I think that it can also just be her personality where she's eager, she's passionate, she's engaged, she's focused, mm-hmm. she has a plan, right? Mm-hmm. There's so many things that I think we just don't give our kids the benefit of the doubt because our brains mm-hmm. immediately go to socialization. She's going to be uh, hard to get along with others. Mm-hmm. People aren't going to like her. She won't listen to other people's She'll, opinions. She's going to railroad everyone. Spiral out, right? Yeah. She needs social skills, right? And mm-hmm. I think kids can't get social skills in the way that we really want them to have them without first understanding self, right? So I think that the focus that hopefully the teachers do a little of and that you definitely get to do as a parent mm-hmm. is say, what's going on for Gianna, right? Yeah. What What is she needing? Is she wanting because she's afraid the drawing will get messed up? Is it because she feels a little anxious and how can she take a deep breath and let other people Mm -hmm. participate? It's so hard to wait your turn or it's so hard to let them do that. Mm -hmm. It's such a huge skill to not control the behavior and instead to focus on that inner experience. Yeah. And to be perspective taking. I think that's our superpower in those Mm -hmm. moments when our kids are dominating a little sibling or being bossy at the park or at a play date or whatever it is to be like, oh shit, how do I show up in a way that's not going to shame my child for who they are and how they're showing up? But teach them that this might not be how the world always works, or when this happens and you, you're There's like this, there might be an impact, right? Right, and I think all of that can be with neutral support. So, like, oh, it sounds like you really have a strong idea about what what you want this game to be. How's mm-hmm. everyone else feeling about that? And they're kind of mm-hmm. like, dope. I don't know. I don't know. Everyone seems like maybe they have other ideas. Let's listen to those too. So we're mm-hmm. honoring her bossiness because it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And we're also saying, I wonder how everyone else is feeling. Right. Right. And then I also think that when your daughter makes choices in school mm-hmm. um, or when she, when other kids in her little group or whatever it is, make choices and she's upset because she wanted to kind of take over or dominate or guide or lead. She's a leader. It sounds mm-hmm. like um, you can just value, validate all those feelings and be like, Oh, you wanted to make those choices. And they made that choice for themselves. Mm, That's so hard when other people don't have the exact same picture of what's going to happen in their minds as you have in yours. You had a vision. You wanted something. You thought something. Mm -hmm. But they had their own idea for themselves. Gosh, it's so hard, right? Mm -hmm. So you're helping her perspective take where it's not the, the her show. 
It's okay to learn that. She doesn't have to feel bad about that. She can just move through the discomfort of it with some support. That's what's so great is that's the natural yeah. consequence in itself. When our yeah. kids are getting real bossy and kind of pushy with other kids, it's so easy for us to want to be like, but you're, you're squashing their voices or they're not getting a chance or any of those yeah. things. But when they make choices that she doesn't like, that's the perfect mm-hmm. way to kind of engage about, wow, they had an opinion. You had opinion. They had a need. You had a need. And we can just be that sensitive, neutral, noticing presence no instead one, of that yeah. teacher that says, when you do this, here's the impact. Right. And I feel like it's taking your daughter, who's a little bit quote unquote bossy, out of that victor and a victim and aggressor mentality, right? Mm-hmm. Where someone wins, someone loses, someone's good, someone's bad, mm-hmm. someone's right, someone's wrong. And instead just saying, hey, you have these ideas and you want to guide this whole project or this whole play. Mm -hmm. And they have ideas and they want to, too. Mm -hmm. Gosh, this is tough. Or, oh, it's so tricky when that happens. And think about our power modeling as parents, too. Especially for for you being potentially a super strong-willed person who knows your own mind and knows how you want things to go, too. You can be using stories through your own day. Oh, today at work, I really wanted this thing to happen. And two other people said they didn't want that. So it was two against one. Oh, or, you know what, I had this thing and I was really excited about this idea and I kind of pushed everyone through a plan and and then they told me later that they weren't that into that plan and I was like, oh, I felt a little disappointed. I was kind of disappointed about it, but it made me just think, hmm, maybe I could listen a little bit more next time and not be like, so how can you do that too? Right. But just this random just, story, I was just so take excited. It if you will. Yeah. Right? I think so much about this is just giving your daughter the benefit of the doubt that she's being bossy for a really good reason mm-hmm. because she has an idea, because she has passion, because she has focus, because she has leadership qualities. Or because she's right? stressed. Because she's stressed yeah. or because she's comfortable. Right. Mm-hmm. Those are all amazing reasons to act the way she's doing. And she doesn't understand why she's doing that necessarily yet. So you want to validate the impulse of why she's doing that mm-hmm. and then help her just make sense of what that impact is and what's going on. Yeah. And then I think at home, give her as many choices as you can. So she feels like the boss of her own body, mm-hmm. of her own learning, of her own room, of mm-hmm. her own food, right? Mm-hmm. All those freedoms we talk about in our freedoms model that you can download on our website. Mm-hmm. Can she be free and, and be that boss in, in as many ways as possible yeah. so that when she's in a collective environment where she can't be the boss, she's able to downshift and chill a little bit uh, and the stakes won't feel so high. Yeah, it's um, it's something that a lot of people ask us about, though, people who are privileged mm-hmm. and are raising kids who are kind of bossy and have that entitled vibe. They're like, oh, shit, I don't want to raise a privileged asshole mm-hmm. or people with a son at the same way. They're like, OK, if this was my daughter, I'd be like, you go, girl. Mm-hmm. But this is a boy. So I'm like, oh, no, no, you cannot be like this. Yeah. You can't treat other people like this. And I think it's just a moment to r- remind you guys, it's all good. It's mm-hmm. all okay. All okay. Our kids having an opinion, our kids wanting things, our kids needing things, our kids advocating for th- for their needs mm-hmm. is all good. It's incredibly important. Yeah. Keep validating those impulses and just support them in the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Someone said, oh my God, tonight my kids were a bit off the, uh, off a mess on the way to bed, and I had to work with what I had in the moment. I shouted, sticky hands, and they stuck their hands to everything getting ready for bed. It was giggles instead of a fight. Well done. What a pull. Wow. I think we're going to have a lot of sticky hands bedtimes tonight. Oh, <clears> man. <throat> yeah. This live. I feel like it's like we we ourselves can relate, and so many folks who we, we support talk about how like by the end of the night, bedtime is like critical clutch mm-hmm. time, and we have no fucking capacity. Mm-hmm. It's like, where's our creativity? In the morning, we're like, oh, the pancake, whatever. Oh, we'll figure mm-hmm. it out. 
But by bedtime, we are a shit show just as much as our kids. So I think well done um, having that idea. And we also spoke recently with a client about thinking ahead about ways that you could engage the kids or use a different persona or voice that Mm -hmm. feels comfortable to you where you're not having to think of something out of thin air and come up with something entirely new to engage your kids to move from toothbrushing to bed or from you know, book reading to to sleep or whatever it is. Have a few things in your pocket if you can. I love that. I do like a teenage voice where I'm like so annoyed at my kids (laughs) and they like think it's hilarious. They think it's really, really funny. And it lets me let off the stress a little bit of Mm -hmm. uh, the pressure I'm feeling to get them to sleep. But sometimes people say like, but I have no stamina at the end of the night. And I always say, just try this. How much harder is it to put on a funny persona or an interesting accent or voice or go sticky hands or just follow whatever they're doing and take that to the max to just break Mm -hmm. the ice and break the tension. Is that really harder than yelling, than issuing consequences, Mm -hmm. than trying to think up a manipulation or a threat? It's not. It's actually so much easier. It's so much. It just weighs less. Mm -hmm. And it affects you. Like when I get in that mood, even Mm -hmm. a little bit, I transform. It builds good momentum for sure. Good juju. Someone asked, how do you balance not being too nice while still teaching? Yeah, that is a really interesting question for sure. I think that teaching and nice go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And when we think about kids' brains and we think about learning and how that happens, everybody, kids included, learn best when they feel safe, when we are kind, when we're engaging, when we're loving. Think about any teacher or any mentor or anybody in your life you've had who treated you lovingly and with respect and who guided as you they were teaching yeah. as they were as they were yeah. treating you that way and how much easier it was for you to learn rather than being under pressure feeling stress feeling judged feeling punished mm-hmm. that learning it's not learning that's called trauma right mm-hmm. so we want our kids to actually learn and that's not uh, storing stress in their bodies for a lifetime. We want them to learn by literally using their brains and Mm -hmm. building that prefrontal cortex. So that's done with love. Yeah, Yeah. I love this question because it calls into question this huge cultural assumption that all of us have that's at the base of our um, kind of like like normal discipline Mm -hmm. procedures, basically, which is that being loving in a teaching moment or around conflict is mutually exclusive to the teaching. Like they, you can't be loving and be teaching. So mm-hmm. if, right. if our kid needs to learn that they need to do something or they need to stop doing something or what the choice they made was not oh, right. We got to be firm. We got to be stern. We have to show some heat. We need to show that we're disappointed in them. Imprint. Right. That's our conditioning says those things must happen in order to create learning. But again, that's trauma. Yeah. It's actually the opposite. Right. Research says kids, like you said, Hannah, learn best in a safe psychological space when they feel secure, mm-hmm. when they feel validated, when they feel loved. But it really pushes against not just our conditioning, but our mm-hmm. own triggers, our own trauma, our own reactions. Because seeing our kids wigging out, seeing our kids pushing mm-hmm. our buttons, seeing our kids destroying things or hurting each other puts us into this incredibly reactive state where we're not even in control. Sometimes we're like, I'm going to teach about this in a really stern way because that's what I think I should be doing. And other times we're just like, I can't fucking take this. Like, Just make it stop. I'm not even thinking about any intention whatsoever. I'm just reacting. And so I think that that's where I would start in the moments where you think, this is a teaching moment, so I'm going to be stern. And you're calm enough to think about what you want to do. Calm enough to actually think what I want to do 
start reworking the other way, which is showing love and connection and humor to teach. It's not permissive. It's productive. Yeah. But I think a lot of people are like, in those moments that I'm so dysregulated, I can't teach with love. Don't start in those moments. Mm -hmm. Start in the moments that you're more regulated. Start in the easy moments. I also think it's a little tricky because when we're really stern very often, it works. Right. Not on my so kids. we think, well, a lot of us think because when I'm stern and I use fear mm-hmm. or pulling away my love or my esteem or whatever it is, my kids do what I say. So it must be working and teaching them that what they did was wrong or what to do instead. Mm-hmm. We have to remember what it's also teaching them in those moments, mm-hmm. right? It's teaching them to use power over. It's teaching them to use shame. It's teaching them to use punishments or incentives. And it's teaching them to feel normal experiencing those things. I think so often we forget that as our kid's parent, as their attachment figure, we're the first person that can then become their teacher, their boyfriend, their girlfriend, their roommate, their neighbor, their their coworker, their boss, right? Do we want to be modeling a dynamic in conflict that is power over, that is dominating, right? That any of those things. Yeah, we don't. We don't. Right. Think, yeah. let's think, oh, okay. My ideal partner for my, for my daughter or for my son or for, for them. What is the, their ideal partner? Who is their ideal boss? I'm going to try to practice that mm-hmm. through conflict with them right now. So they know not just what, not what the, the big old mean world will hold because they're going to mm-hmm. discover that at some point, but oh, what yeah. they deserve within mm-hmm. it. Right. Mm-hmm. Someone said, well, and for those of you who are like, well, I don't know what to do instead of be stern, use fear, use my Mm -hmm. love, use incentives or consequences, right? That's our resist approach, Mm -hmm. right? And that's the conversation that we're practicing. It's nonviolent based. It's evidence based, right? And it's available on our website. Someone said, six-year-old can find the negative aspect in any situation and focus solely on that. He's easily disappointed and unhappy. How can we help him to be grateful and enjoy the positives too? Oh, that's a great question. That's a really great question. I'm sorry. Uh, first of all, I want to validate mm. that it's really hard to be around a person who feels uncomfortable and unhappy, right? Because it makes us feel very uncomfortable and unhappy. Those of us who are very spongy and those mm-hmm. of us who have also been conditioned to feel uncomfortable and unsafe in negative feelings, right? So most of us are, most of us do. And it's really hard. We have that urge. I think with those, that six-year-old, right? Who's just the negative Nancy type. Mm-hmm. Who's just like, stop. Can you just stop complaining all the time? Can you stop pointing out all the things? Like, it's not that bad because of this. Right. Or just be grateful. Be happy for what you have. It's the sun's right. shining. You just got a fucking ice cream or whatever. On, yeah. Right. And I think that it's just, we have to keep remembering that everything our kids do is incredibly valuable. It doesn't need to be fixed. It doesn't need to be changed. It mm-hmm. needs to be worked with rather than against. Mm-hmm. So for a six-year-old who is complaining and frustrated and disappointed constantly, that could be having uncomfortable feelings and needing to express like he's just them. stressed out. It could be just some stress. Mm-hmm. It could be you being a safe, healthy place to express their inner thoughts and feelings, which you want to continue to encourage, right? Mm-hmm. So many things are at play here, you yeah. know? And I think also I have to say too, that our brains are wired to mm -hmm. focus on and perseverate on negative things. It's a survival aspect of our brains. Mm -hmm. So even kids who don't talk about negative things all the time, will remember them more often. Mm -hmm. We'll think about them more often. Mm -hmm. We'll maybe write about them or draw about them, right? They may not talk about them like your six-year-old does. Your six-year-old is telling you Mm -hmm. what they're frustrated about and and focusing on. So you don't want to 
you know, I, push I think, that away. I think when our kids are going through phases, developmental or situational, where they're just feeling grumbly, it's like they're disappointed by everything. Just everything is wrong. Unfair. Unfair. Not good enough. Mm-hmm. It just, it, it triggers in me this feeling too of being like, be grateful. You're so lucky right now. Or why are you tanking this day? We're having such a good time. And it's those moments that I think we just need to, as to the best of our abilities, create a little healthy separation and think, this is not my job to change it, to fix it, to teach him, to do any of those things. All I need to be is that neutral, sensitive support staff, that wing person that says, oh, I'm so sorry that that wasn't the flavor you yeah. wanted. You're safe in your feelings about it. Yeah. Oh, you thought that today would go a little differently. Right. Even in our minds, we're like, I've given them everything they could possibly need. <laughs> right. We just say, I'm so sorry. That wasn't Ugh. the way you wanted it. Or you wanted this instead. Can I give you a hug? Mm. We want our kids to feel safe in their discomfort so enough to explore it. Yeah. Right. And if we can't feel safe, cause we're just like, this is beyond and I can't show up. We can just nod. Mm. We mm. can just say mm-hmm. totally and not yeah. in a patronizing way. Yeah. Not like, Oh yeah, the worst, but no. just not just be like, totally. <sighs> Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we can model our butts off, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. How to be grateful, how to enjoy the positives. Mm-hmm. Like you said, that's, that's where our power is in, is in modeling <clears throat> gratitude in saying please. And thank you in marveling in the details and being in the present moment, not to convince them out of how they're feeling and the way they're showing up, but to just bring that positive energy to our families. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like stress to me. And yeah. I think that to alleviate stress, we work our kids' bodies. Mm-hmm. We integrate their nervous <clears throat> system so they feel less grumpy and grumbly. What are they needing? We get them upside down. We get them tumbling. We get them yeah. laughing, crying, giggling, mm-hmm. anything, and right? Even just connecting and expressing, mm-hmm. even just dumping. I dump on Kelty all the time about mm-hmm. what I'm disappointed in, what's negative. Mm-hmm. If Kelty just saw my life through my conversations with her on our walk, <laughs> she would be like, your life sucks. <laughs> it would sound so terrible if she only trusted everything or she'd be like, you're so ungrateful. Yeah, and I'd be like your marriage is totally in trouble because right. that's all you share with me is just your little right. gripes or and Hannah crumbles. complain about everything. You're yeah. so ungrateful. And she, but she knows me and she knows I take so much joy and love and pride in so many other things, but I'm sharing the shit with her because I need to process it. And, and I I'm know a safe place. she's going to be there for me. Right. Yeah. But I just, I think that it's just, I love that I'm reading this and it's the six-year-old can find the negative aspect in any situation and focus solely on that. That's like an IRS tax inspector. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of all of the professions. Our mold lady. Our mold lady. Our <laughs> homes. We were like, you have I'm, a superpower. I'm thinking of all of the professions, like uh, an oncologist, right? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of all the professions that literally their jobs are focused around finding the negative aspect in a particular area and focusing solely on that. Mm-hmm. Like that is a super power. Or just take focusing solely on anything is pretty awesome. Right now it's the negative aspects of the trip to the ice cream parlor or school or visit to grandma's. That focus is incredible. And I love that you pointed that out, Mm -hmm. Hannah. Yeah. I think that's terrific. Um, So other other than validating the crap out of your kids' emotions and feedback whenever you get the chance, other than working their nervous system to help them feel integrated and purge that stress, take other things off their plate. Ask them what they're needing. What are they needing less of? Try to not to put too much pressure on them if they have that to clean up, to do all their homework, to be nice to everyone, to say please and thank you. Just you go know, easy on them a little easy bit. Someone says, my son, who's nearly four, has so much energy. He keeps hurting the dog, usually in excitement. So hard not to leap to, no, don't, especially for my partner. 
alternative ideas. Oh, I love that. Mm. I, I love, sometimes people come to us and they say, oh, this thing's happening. And this is the first time I've actually even realized that this is a pattern of this thing been happening. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love these, these conversations live or coaching calls or whatever it is. It's a moment where we can all be thinking, what's that thing mm. that just keeps coming where you're like, here we are again, here we are again, here we are again. What is that for mm -hmm. each of you? Let's talk about it. Um, because this person is like, okay, my kid has high energy. And in those devilish swirly moments, he just goes straight for the dog and we're reacting about it. So awareness built, right? It's mm -hmm. a beautiful moment to say, I guess our son can't be safe around the dog right now. So what can we do? Mm -hmm. Right? So or I'm going to have to be a little bit more noticing. I'm going to have to be a little bit more close. I'm going to have to keep the dog a little bit safer. This could be a baby. This could be a younger sibling. This could be the plants. This could be the knife drawer. This could be anything mm -hmm. is we're noticing. So as opposed to controlling our kid and saying, no, 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 no. We're, we're thinking, what can we do behind the scenes? How can we be putting our noticing, this growing awareness of a pattern, which is totally normal and natural? Right. How can we be working through that? Amy also added, super needs this, uh, you need this parenting pep talk tonight. You ladies always come in clutch. My super spirited and sensitive four-year-old is testing all the boundaries and really ramped up lately. Need this live for my self-reg game because I'm so depleted. And I think with kids who are high energy, mm -hmm. like your kid, Amy, and um, this other parent, yeah, when I read uh, the first one, I was thinking about you, Amy, yeah. too. Yeah, it's so chronically mm -hmm. exhausting to be managing a child that has that high of energy levels. Mm -hmm. We see other kids who literally will just sit at the table for an hour. They just sit still the whole right. time. They will follow they their parent. They might not even talk. Right, they'll follow their parent around the grocery store. Not in the cart, you don't have to hold their hand, nothing. Mm -hmm. They'll literally just follow you. You're just like, what, how? <laughs> right? They're at the park and they're just like, kind of just like sit like on the swing, but they're not even swinging. They're just happy sitting on it. Like there are some yeah. kids like that. And then there are a lot of our kids who <laughs> are the opposite of that. So I just want to validate that there's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with high energy kids, but it is a lot for us parents to keep up with. So I just, mm -hmm. I want to validate that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that too. I think pep talks are important. So get those pep talks when you can, whether you hear it one of our lives, whether it's from a partner, sometimes we have to ask, we have to say, honey, I need more pep talks. I need one at this time. I need one at this time. I need a text message at this time. I need a butt grab at this time. I need some eye contact that says, thank you for everything you're doing. I love you at this time. Who else can we be getting pep talks from? Where else can we be getting breathers from? And then when I think we can pep talk ourselves too. Oh, sure. Mirror, mirror, high five yourself. Do whatever do you do. Do some of these do. in the morning. Oh, mm -hmm. the best. Little dance party. Yeah. But I think that something you said was um, it's hard not to leap to no, don't, especially for your partner. And someone else writes right below the hubby thinks he has to be loud or shout when he's trying to teach a super important point, like for example, safety. And I think it's his own anxiety around it. But how mm -hmm. can he better convey an important message? And I think that those moments where we're highly anxious or we're worried something's going to happen for mm -hmm. safety, we're going to yell because we're stressed. But ideally, if we want our kid to actually learn, again, we want them to feel safe and secure. So we want to be as chill as we possibly can, mm -hmm. right? So oftentimes we can work our way backwards from screaming, no, don't, to okay, okay, mm -hmm. or oh, boop, 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 boop. Like choose a, a phrase that mm -hmm. sounds okay that you can try to replace and you can practice but it. It can even be moments. in a moment. We see something happen mm -hmm. and we go, stop. And then we say, 
okay, honey, okay, okay. okay. And we start reeling it in and dialing it back from that first initial reaction. So it's a process of moving backwards from Mm -hmm. the moment to, to earlier. But I think also it's just, like Kelty said, putting less pressure on the child, reducing the stressors in the environment mm-hmm. of shit they're getting into that they're mm-hmm. not supposed to, mm-hmm. being around them when they're in those times, mm-hmm. noticing the patterns of when yeah. they struggle to control their bodies and not being in the other room on your phone or bringing the baby in with you so you can keep an eye on them. The There's so mm-hmm. much that we can be doing that mm-hmm. doesn't put the pressure on a child who's clearly showing us they need our support. Right. Yeah. So much of this comes back to the fact that our kids are constantly showing us what they're able to do right now mm-hmm. and what they're unable to do right now. And I think so often a lot of our angst comes from pushing against this reality, mm-hmm. right? So how can we bend and say, here's our reality right now? My son can't be close to the dog without getting too excited and trying to strangle it. Or right now, my kids at four o'clock can't spend time in a room together. Okay. Or right now, my son needs to have all the drawers in the kitchens locked. kitchen locked up. Great. Good feedback. The knives had come out too many times. Now I know that he's unable to control those impulses. So instead of saying, I need to teach and control my child to stop bopping the baby, stop running into the street, stop pulling knives out of the drawer, stop going after the dog, we need to be working ourselves. Don't put them in that position for it to happen. Yeah. And when it does happen, like we mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. respond as kindly and calmly as we can, right? And quickly. Mm-hmm. And then you'd said, Laura, at the end, how can we be sure that the message gets through? Mm-hmm. And it's not in the moment. Mm-hmm. So the moment they learn with our loving physical follow through mm-hmm. that we need them to stop so that they feel safe and there's no trigger or trauma in the moment then where they're mm-hmm. like, ah, I can't remember anything. Mm-hmm. And then we process and give information and quote unquote teach mm-hmm. later. We mm-hmm. do not have to give them a lecture on car safety at the edge of the curb when mm-hmm. something scary just happened. Mm-hmm. No. We'll say, I'm so glad you're safe. Wow, that was a lot. You mm-hmm. look a little bit shaken. I was a little stressed. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry I yelled. We'll talk mm-hmm. about this tonight. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Give this me is, a hug. This, right? this is like touches on a question though that we get sometimes like people have asked us yeah. before multiple times. What are your non-negotiables with your kids? So that is just, it's a hard no. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I don't know because it's not our children's job to keep themselves or other people safe. Right. It's just not their job. It's our job. Right. So we can say, here are our expectations. Here's the rule for street safety for being around a baby for being near the kitchen implements but we're not ever putting it on our kids to do that we have to live in that limbo of do we trust are they there are they not there that's that's our um, tragic dance to be to be undertaking in those moments is are they ready are they not ready what are they showing me in a very neutral way and accepting where they are right but that's the work that's the hard part Mm -hmm. right Someone said, thanks, Ashley. Thanks for following up on this, that you sent a DM message about agreements and your daughter being sneaky and not doing what you agreed upon, taking toys to school. You don't want to be the backpack police. That sounds not fun. I totally agree with that. So we got this DM and Ashley, you said that Mm -hmm. your daughter has been taking toys to school. And basically, I remember you saying that it was annoying to you. And so you guys agreed on one toy mm-hmm. um, to take, but she's been sneaky, lying, and stuffing more more toys maybe in her backpack. And then you have to check the backpack and because then, you agreed on the and one And you don't want to be the backpack right. police. And it felt like an agreement, 
but it also felt like mm-hmm. we put slash rule, which I think mm-hmm. rule is a little bit more appropriate when we yeah. were like, here's this idea of an agreement, but it's really like a rule that I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. The fact that your daughter is sneaking more toys into her backpack means she doesn't feel like the agreement is fair. Mm-hmm. She's not cool with that agreement. That's some feedback on the agreement. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't like it and she wants to change. Back to the drawing board. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I would say it's back to talking about needs. Yeah. What are her needs? How many toys does she want to take? And mm-hmm. why? But I think it's about... How, why don't you... I was going to say, it's about her. your needs as the parent saying, what's annoying about it? Right. What's the we worst case know. scenario here? Is it the toys disappear? Interesting natural consequence. Mm-hmm. I would be okay with that personally. Is it that you have to wash them after school and that's too much for you? Right. What's the actual reasoning other that, than... It takes a time for her yeah. to grab them in the morning and it makes you guys late because I think that's where the innovation lies mm-hmm. is where it's annoying for you. Mm-hmm. And instead of because it's annoying, you're limiting her to something that she doesn't want. Mm-hmm. Maybe instead the natural consequence could be, well, you have to choose however many the night before. Mm-hmm. And then whatever's in your backpack, we go. That's our, that's our plan, right? Or we have to wash the toys and mm-hmm. I don't want to wash all of them. So if you can agree to wash them every mm-hmm. day after school, then, oh, sorry, my face is all weird. Um, then we'll, we'll do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Or if it's, what, what are the other options? We I don't know. know why it's annoying. So yeah. it's, it's hard to know, Ashley. I don't um, know. But I think that your daughter, um, sneaking and lying, anytime our kids lie to us, anytime they sneak something, they're saying, <laughs> for some reason, I have a need and I don't feel safe telling you. And so we want you to show your daughter, if you, if this agreement doesn't feel good, Instead of trying to get your needs met on your own, you can mm-hmm. feel safe coming back to the table with me and telling me. Mm-hmm. And if I find out that you were lying, I can make you feel safe by saying, looks like you're wanting to still do that. Let's renegotiate. Let's come back yeah. together. I think here. it's so interesting when a lot of us make these family agreements or big agreements. Um, how, how much of the time are our kids agreeing because we're basically saying, instead of giving you nothing, mm-hmm. I'll give you this one thing. And they're like, okay, great. I'll take and it. I, and I will take that and Thank I will try you. to get my needs met more yeah. if I need that. Right. So is an agreement something that our kid is really coming to the table 50-50 with us? Is it really like how many of our agreements are things that our kids have brought to the table, right? right? Or is it a rule? Or is it a rule? Mm-hmm. So I think an agreement is like a nice cloaked, veiled, um, you know, Candy. light word for rules often or expectations. Mm-hmm. I have this expectation. I've made it a rule. We're calling it an agreement because you gave a slight nod because you were scared or because you wanted that, if nothing. Or you just didn't know and you're like, that sounds you better than anything. You weren't quite sure. sure what that actually meant played right. out. Now yeah. we know. Now we know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love talking about kids lying and sneaking. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just... Let's all continue to say it's really good information. They're not feeling comfortable for whatever reason, showing me that they're not Mm -hmm. jiving with this agreement we have. Let's bring them back to the table and try it again. Yeah, I love that. Looking at lying not as a task for, uh, you know, an added task to our socialization sheet of things to do. Mm -hmm. No lying. Come to me. All those things. Mm -hmm. But really just to keep focusing it back on them. Not on them, but within them. Mm -hmm. What are you needing? I'm noticing this. I'm hearing this from you. I'm seeing you doing these things. That's not really jiving with what we talked about. Let's talk about it now. It's also a lot of pressure on you about this school toy thing. So it might be annoying to you, but can you talk to the teacher about maybe they have a toy rule or something Mm -hmm. else where the pressure's on the school instead of putting it on you? Gosh, it's so nice when you can have the powers that be being like, I wish you could take a whole backpack of toys to school. (sighs) Miss so-and-so said just two. Oh, I'm so sorry, honey. Can I help you pick those out? Right? 
Amy said, lie equals I have a need, but I don't feel safe telling you. Wow. Yes. So insightful. Yeah. And lying is so normal. Mm -hmm. I mean, it also is just like, I might test to see if mm -hmm. I do this, would you know? Because all of them are developing theory of mind and they're realizing that their world is different than our world and that mm -hmm. we can't read their minds all the it's time. It's a huge and, brain stage. And it's, it's a huge brain mm -hmm. stage that kids are going to test out. But in this situation, it sounds like she mm -hmm. knows the dealio and that she's just trying to get her needs met as best she can with the skills she currently has. And you want to give her new skills and say, that's a great way to get your needs met, but I'd rather do it collaboratively together. Let's see here. Someone says force giving it back or take it from older one's hands, but it's hard. Is there something earlier? Oh, let's see. Yes. Thank you. Um, a four-year-old snatching toys from the three-year-old sibling constantly. It's a phase we've been through before, but the three-year-old is having huge floor kicking and screaming response to it. Now we don't force giving it back or take it from the older one's hands, but it's hard to give attention to the older one and be supportive to the younger one at the same time. And talking about it after the fact hasn't done much. Mm, yeah, that's, that's really big. tricky. We talk about that in our sibling conflict guide yeah. a lot. Let's talk about, about sharing. sharing. Yeah, but I, I mean, I like that. I mean, sharing, kids need to learn to share. They have to experience sharing and not sharing, mm -hmm. being given something and not being given mm -hmm. something. And so going through this ritual of basically being just like jerks to each other over and over is incredibly valuable. Mm -hmm. So we want them to experience it and we want to create a safe environment around it so that they can learn about it rather than be told this rule book that has nothing to do with their needs, their interpersonal relationship, any of those things. It's so backward to but our conditioning though. Our really conditioning says kids should share. Nice kids share with other kids, yeah. responsible kids share with other kids. Our kids, again, with the socialization lens, need to know how to share and uh, operate socially yeah. with other kids. And that is our number one job. And it's not our fucking number one job. Our number one job is creating, like you said, Hannah, a safe, secure, neutral sports casting environment for kids to feel incredibly disappointed and for kids to feel maybe incredibly guilty for what they did on their own. Right to basically build self-awareness mm -hmm. and empathy for another person. And kids aren't going to ever give a shit about anybody else if they don't understand and feel safe in the feelings that they have. Right. Mm -hmm. So it, but it's hard. I think Bella, what you're saying is it's really hard. Do I focus on the three-year-old who's having the meltdown because they got their toy taken? Or do I focus on the four-year-old who's like took the thing and do, I don't want to force them to give it back, but who do I yeah. support? How do I support? I, don't, I think that like we don't, we don't do forced sharing and everything we've read um, around child development and research around um, sibling interactions, friend interactions say don't force sharing. Yeah. But I do think that if personally, if something was repeatedly snatched from another child, I might say, it seems like they're, they weren't done playing with that yet. I'm going to return it to them. Mm -hmm. So I think if, if one is snatching from the other, I would probably maybe um, interject or interfere and say, <clears throat> I don't think they were done with it yet. So we don't force sharing, like give it to them when you're not ready. Mm -hmm. But I think we would probably stop snatching. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I would also do the, you know, I don't know if you've focused on like what toys does the four-year-old have or the three-year-old have that just belong to them. Mm -hmm. So they can feel a sense of ownership <clears throat> and control over certain things they and have. we can feel a sense right. of expectation oh, okay. around There's negotiating. There's a rule. <laughs> yeah. okay, thank God. And then all yeah. the other toys are up for grabs. Mm -hmm. But it, we can't just let it be the Wild West necessarily. Mm -hmm. Some kids are okay with that. Some parents are okay with that. But I definitely agree that that snatching and yanking things out of kids' hands, that's like 
allow like that's wild taking not mm-hmm. forced sharing yeah, so it's opposite yeah so i would yeah. i would say hey there ho there four-year-old oh you took that from the three-year-old three-year-old looks like you're not done you seem really upset mm-hmm. that they want that back can i help you and and figure out for the four-year-old mm-hmm. why are you taking that what's going on mm-hmm. are they are they kind of it's a bid for you to come and connect with them mm-hmm. is it a way for them to just experiment with power I was gonna say snatching isn't is necessarily that they wanted to play with it no. it's more that they're just feeling some stress feeling and some angst and, and just yeah. taking it out on in a snatching yeah. way and so that's why we yeah. don't want to create a victim aggressor rescuer mm-hmm. situation where we're the rescuer, the younger child's the victim, the older child's the aggressor. Mm-hmm. Cause that dynamic that we perpetuate can become like lifelong roles mm-hmm. and lifelong beliefs about how conflict goes down. Mm-hmm. So we talk about that in our sibling guide also. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would just really show up as lovingly as you can. If you can't say anything without yelling, just nod and be like, Oh, this is tough. Oh, mm-hmm. right. If you can get to the four-year-old and be like, I'm going to hold on to this so we can talk about it talk about mm-hmm. this here yeah or mm-hmm. if it's a pattern of a certain right. time of day be like ooh, three and three-year-old four-year-old can't always play yeah. without snatching toys and melting down after right. 4 p.m so i'm going to try to bring the four-year-old into sous chef dinner with me mm-hmm. i'm going to try to get the three-year-old on his 20-minute tv show during mm-hmm. that time or uh, with a baby gate over in his room or whatever it is yeah. um in those ding ding moments if this keeps happening this keeps showing up again this keeps um pl- going down the same exact way right mm-hmm. Someone said two-year-old identical twins who quote-unquote gang up on nine-month-old little brother will hit, kick, or lay on top of really hard to manage and nothing seems to help. Do I keep all three separated? Brain exploding emoji. Wow. I'm very engaged, but it happens when I'm making meals, changing a diaper, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I think I think it's oh, okay. Man. That's a lot. That's a huge juggle. That's a lot. That's a lot. I think it, it when you can keep them separated during the day, great. It's, you're probably potentially home with two two-year-olds and a nine-month-old all That's at once, which is a huge juggle. Huge. Yeah. So I think that if, yeah. if and when you can keep them separated when, get, you're, when you're stepping away, great. Get that baby gate. Mm-hmm. Keep them safe. We can't expect our two-year-olds to be safe around babies or dogs or one another. Mm-hmm. They do not have the brains built yet to resist the impulses to experiment, mm-hmm. to dominate, mm-hmm. right? To express themselves, mm-hmm. right? So we have to save them from themselves in those moments. Yeah. So you've got to hold the nine-month-old or you've got to put the two-year-olds in a gated-off room mm-hmm. where they're doing something. Yeah. It's so much logistical mm-hmm. situation here. And it's a lot. And you can't always do that. Yeah. And that's something we talk about in our Right from the Start course with babies and older siblings too. And that's okay. Yeah. The two-year-old squash the nine-month-old for a minute or kick their legs out from under them or grab a toy or bonk them on the head and you're juggling other things in the kitchen and you can only come after that first cry, that's okay. That's okay. They're going to be okay. Yeah. I think, it's, of course, we would rather support in the moment and prevent those mm-hmm. types of things from happening mm-hmm. because when kids feel better, they do better. When they're safe, they don't hurt each other or get hurt. Mm-hmm. But like you said, Kelty, in those moments when we can't be there and there, there was an overlap or there was a tricky situation mm-hmm. or we're just really fucking tired and can't do the thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's okay because the secondary learning happens interpersonally in those moments. Mm-hmm. And they learn by us following through lovingly by saying, oh, you're wanting to lie on him. And oh my gosh, but it's too rough, right? Mm-hmm. Or, oh, you're yeah. wanting to hit him. We've got to find something else for you because you really want to hit. Yeah. That's wonderful learning for the two-year-olds, right? That their impulses aren't bad, but that 
you are the trusted attachment figure that's going to help them make different choices and help that them get their safe. needs met. Yeah. That still get their needs met. It's not, again, their needs or the nine-month-old needs. Their needs or your needs. Everyone's needs matter. Mm-hmm. And you are that person that's going to help show them how mm-hmm. to get those needs met in a way that doesn't hurt your baby. Yeah. And I think a two-year-old, I think a lot of people think, oh, I can't talk to a two-year-old or two two-year-olds. They don't understand what I mean. They keep showing me over and over that they can't be safe around this baby. Why would I even be saying, oh, I'm going to have to move your body. Okay. Seems like you guys are wanting to hit the baby. I'm going to make some space here. I'm going to move, right? We're that, that confident, calm, sensitive support staff, that EMT person that doesn't show up at the scene of a crime being like, what the fuck? You drove off the road, lady, or look at this blood. This is so irresponsible. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Right? We're the, we're the sensitive staff that says, been there, done this, seen this a million times, not expecting any more of anyone here. I'm trusting that everyone's doing their best, mm-hmm. right? I'm, I'm going to swoop this up. I'm going to move this person over. I'm going to create some space. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take someone outside. it'll be processed later in a court of law or whatever. <laughs> no. No, I'm just kidding. But it'll be we'll processed process later, later in a circle back. In a circle back where we talk about what happened and how it went. Mm-hmm. Where we get to with two-year-olds, it's sometimes hard to talk really directly to mm-hmm. them maybe. And we can tell stories right? About we had this little puppy and we wanted to lie on it and roll on it, right? Mm-hmm. Or whatever it was. And our mama would say this or that. We could do with little dolls and do some symbolic play with mm-hmm. it, right? Whether yeah. you're helping them understand, but this is a process. So it's a process of prevention. It's a process mm-hmm. of intervention mm-hmm. and it's a process of processing, post-processing afterward with yeah. them. And I think too, that someone had brought up earlier that their partner thinks that a kid won't learn unless they're stern and they yell and they really drill that thing in. And I want to use that as a cautionary tale for two-year-olds, twins, um, spirited kids, um, not necessarily sensitive kids or even like, you know, just kind of more normies a little bit. Yeah. But like, if you yell, if you say, don't touch the baby or why are you doing this? That can create a lot of heat mm-hmm. that makes a two-year-old, a four-year-old, a six-year-old want to explore that even more especially if they're spirited, especially if they're stressed out. Inside it creates shame, right? And outside it can create resistance. Or or more maladaptive behaviors or more of what you don't want to be seeing or experiencing necessarily. And that's why when we're able, if we can get in there as neutrally as possible, if we can stop those impulses lovingly, if we can give information with, 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 kind of empathy and connection, then they're learning, I'm not a bad person. My mom doesn't hate me. Mm-hmm. I don't have to feel scared when I have a need. Mm-hmm. My needs don't matter. Mm-hmm. What our kids learn instead is my mom helps me when I'm not feeling well. Yeah. Sometimes right? I have impulses I can't control, but that's okay. Mom's going to show me what I can do and what I can't. Mm-hmm. Not feeling good yeah. is something I can move through and still feel whole and okay afterward. Mm-hmm. Right? This isn't about my baby brother or those things. It's just, what am I needing? Oh, I'm learning about that, right? It's a whole different learning opportunity that we're giving our kids Mm -hmm. when we respond with connection instead of correction. It's huge. It's huge, you guys. And we can't do it every time, Mm -mm. right? It is a lot. You're doing an amazing job. I feel like you should be really proud of yourself taking the time to think about this shit, Mm -hmm. to listen to this shit, to talk about it Mm -hmm. with us or with friends or partners Mm -hmm. or um, therapist in your journal, right? You're all doing amazing. So you're not alone. Parenting is hard. It's really fucking hard. Especially our sensitive and spirited kids. They really call us in to do this work early and often Mm -hmm. compared to a lot of other folks who just do not 
have to be dealing with this stuff as much. Yeah. Or as soon. Some people, we have some friends whose kids cry maybe once a week mm-hmm. that resist maybe a couple times a month. Mm-hmm. And it's just no bumps, no conflict, nothing going on. Yeah. It's just, it's unfathomable to a lot of us, mm-hmm. I think, who are who are feeling the chronic nature of of kids who need things and advocate for those needs, right? It's a lot. I think that many of us went into parenting thinking, I'm just going to have a little mini me. I'm just going to tote them around and we're going to have loving times and we're going to laugh and they're going to want to learn everything I have to teach them. And it's just going to be this purely joyous adventure, and I think that maybe a lot of you out there were like, no, I, I was hip to, to the scene a little bit more than that. But I think that, that especially those of us with, with kids who challenge us, you know, wherever we are on the spectrum of parenting skills, wherever our kids are on the spectrum of neurodiversity, of temperament, of whatever it is, we're challenged. Mm-hmm. And I think that the biggest thing in, in, that we're trying to work through and work towards an upbringing here is growing up alongside our kids and saying, well, we can be building skills while they're building skills. We can be two struggling humans. One is tiny, one is huge, who are just trying to get their needs met and, tr- and attempting to achieve that through powers beyond control, right? Mm-hmm. That's our goal. That's our goal. All right, Thanks everybody. Thanks for being here. Thanks mm-hmm. for all the little notes. You can listen to this for those of you who tuned in later. It'll be on mm-hmm. our podcast. It'll be here on Instagram mm-hmm. as well for you to um, watch uh, our entire Q&A. I didn't, we didn't get to all of these um, DMs. Any um, other good ones? Oh my gosh, there were add. some great ones. Ugh, is there a way to tell a partner to take some space from a situation that's going sideways without making them extra angry and extra want to stay and prove that they've got this? Mm. Such a great question. Yeah. I think that's such a natural relationship dynamic and one that we hear about often in coaching is mm-hmm. is the partner struggling and refusing to toss in the towel or or get tapped out or any of those things and i think it's something that you can absolutely connect about outside the moment and say you know i've noticed <clears throat> sometimes we get into a tangle or sometimes you're struggling with our kids struggle and i'm a little fresher i'm a little fresher in the moment yeah. or one of us is like this and the other one's fresher can we establish um, a situation where i can come in and and put my hand on your shoulder which says let me step in here mm-hmm. and right. not rescue you, not take over, not to say you're doing do a bad better, job, but right. we're both human. And I have those moments and dude, mm-hmm. I wish you weren't at work and could help me when mm-hmm. I'm with the kids by myself, mm-hmm. but I'm here to support you. Mm-hmm. And when we're getting triggered, we're of no use to our kids because it just scares them and mm-hmm. it undermines their learning. Right. Yeah. And yeah. just, you know, never underestimating the power of taking that break. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong. Our, our cultural conditioning says, keep fight, fighting it out. Keep duking it out. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't quit mm-hmm. this. And I think in, in parenting through those like really intense moments of conflict with our kids, give up, mm-hmm. take a break That's more often than you think. It's responsible. It's really good. It's to better to say, yeah. I'm struggling. I need to step out right now. Or I love you so much. I'll be right back. Or, and then storm out. Mm-hmm. That's so much better than staying and devolving. Mm-hmm. When you need a little bit of a breather and a refresher, And we right? know folks too have partners who are like, I'm out and they just leave. And mm-hmm. the, the partner wants them to say, no, stay and work through this with mm-hmm. the child. But I think it's a really good impulse. It's a, it's a flight impulse. Mm-hmm. And I think in this case, it's maybe a fight impulse. It's mm-hmm. a stress response in our bodies that say lean in or get the fuck out of there. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we have to honor our partner's um, impulse in some ways and say, how can I support you with that based on 
our obligation to raise this child as best we can, right? Yeah. Let's think about our child's needs. And then let's say, how can we make those happen based on our work that we're doing right now and mm-hmm. our own capacity and our own limitations? Yeah. yeah. Someone else said, um, four-year-old keeps insisting he come on grocery runs and big sib school drop-offs. And then he tanks the expedition, right? Mm. So that's all really good information, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I think that, again, remembering kids, like Ross Green says, are doing uh, the best they can, right? It's not won't, it's can't, mm-hmm. right? And so what we're seeing with our kid is we've got to meet them where they are. If they're tanking the expedition mm-hmm. with their older sibling pickup, then we decide, do we want this to be okay or do we leave them at home? Mm-hmm. It's okay if they insist on it because they have the willingness but do they have the capacity? And they don't always do that. So we gotta we gotta figure out what works. And we for have us. to think about our own capacity in right. that way. <laughs> Thinking, yeah. okay, so they're insisting on this five thirty trip to Target and past school to pick up one of the other kids. You're like, I'm pretty sure this is gonna turn out terribly. Right. I'm pretty sure they're gonna melt down. I'm pretty sure they're gonna struggle. So this is my moment of truth. Do how's my capacity? How am I feeling to support this? Can I lean in and do it? Regardless of or am I like, I'm not doing that well. I'm going to really try to push for them to be able to stay at home in a place where I'm setting them up for a little bit more success mm-hmm. and maybe sparing them my own kind of more reactive mm-hmm. um, feelings about it. Even if it means they feel disappointed because mm-hmm. they had that wonderful intention. And so we validate the intention. Mm-hmm. You want to do it. You feel so excited. You're so committed. Mm-hmm. You know, and then say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go on my own. Or how can we innovate through the resistance? Or I've noticed that we struggle in this point or this point. Mm -hmm. What can we do so that you feel good? I feel good. Older sibling feels good during pickup. Yeah. Or if if you can't come to pickup, can you write a note and I'll give it to them? How about you work on this project? And once it's done, we'll reveal it to them when we we, get back. Could we connect first so you feel like your cup is filled and then I can leave you with Mm -hmm. Papa? So much innovation that could possibly happen there. But again, that's so great. You're not wanting to live in Groundhog mm-hmm. Day with this. So it's great. It's all we, good noticing. We wish you luck. Yeah. Okay. Last one. Oh, we got a couple more. Four-year-old verbally excluding the two-year-old in front of him and never the baby. So the, the four-year-old says, Jacob does not get to be a part of whatever it is, only the baby. Hmm. Yeah, which is like, of course, spirals us again back to the siblings thing of like, oh my gosh, they're leaving each other out. They're going to be bullies. They're not going to be friends, giving each other toasts at one another's weddings, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we have to remember our kids' objectives are true, right? They're going for what they need, what they want, and they just don't say it or execute in the way that um, is re- reassuring and mm-hmm. socially normal and all these things. Yeah. So we have to help them figure out what's at, what's at play and why they're doing it. And the words and the, the tone mm-hmm. and the, the, the way they express it is going to change over time. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> a four-year-old excluding a two-year-old and being like, you can't come, but the baby can. It just sounds like stress language to yeah. me. A lot of our coaching clients have that with their partners. And they say, I'm allowed to go, but Papa cannot give the, this kid a bath. Or they will not go with Grandma to the park mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And that is absolutely developmentally normal natural necessary for our kids to be saying yes you but not you or i'm okay with this but not this in this way i'm trying to control my world to feel safe in it that is a really good thing it's all good and i think that we can keep being that sensitive neutral support staff and just reflecting what we hear Mm -hmm. right as opposed to saying that's so mean you're making your brother sad the brother who's hearing this is being like i should be sad Mm -hmm. that's a terrible thing to say as opposed to if we're modeling not you know, everyone treating each other like garbage, but saying, wow, 
It sounds like you have an idea about how this outing should go, or you're feeling like you need a little space from two-year-old.、Mm-hmm. Okay, and and baby's okay、mm-hmm. to go. So those are your needs. Two-year-old, how do you feel? You really wanted to go.、Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, what should we do?、Mm-hmm. So we're not painting the victim aggressor and being that rescuer and doing、mm-hmm. the triangle of hurt person, nice person,、mm-hmm. winner, loser, right,、mm-hmm. wrong. We're just saying everyone's needs.、Mm-hmm. The impulse this four-year-old has to to include or exclude is okay.、Mm-hmm. We should be able to teach them that when they want to. Uh, drive somewhere when they're a teenager, and some crazy person wants to drive the car. They can say, "I actually don't want you to get in the car because、mm-hmm. you've been drinking or something."、Mm-hmm. We want them to know that they can exclude something that they need in their lives、mm-hmm. for safety reasons. So we don't want to blanketly, blindly say that's rude. That's not nice. We, that's not、yeah. nice. We want to say, "What's going on? You need a little space,、mm-hmm. okay? Right?" And we want to. Underplay all the dramatics and the victim aggressor stuff、mm-hmm. that really distracts from what's actually going on underneath. Yeah, and this happens a lot with friends too, where a lot of people are like, "Well, they're like being a bully at the playground, and they're saying, 'I don't want to play with her. She's ugly or she's stupid.' And how do we handle that? That's、yeah. not a nice thing to say. We want them once again to be socialized, to understand how to interact in an adaptive way with、mm-hmm. peers, all of these things. And it's not our job to teach, to fix, to force. Or to jam an impact of their behavior down their throat, right?、Mm-hmm. We can be that neutral person saying, "Oh, I wonder how that's making your brother feel." Not,、mm-hmm. "You're making him sad." That's shame, shaming, right?、Mm-hmm. Say, "I wonder how he's feeling because、mm-hmm. you don't want him to come." And say, "Because he has needs too." Yeah, you got needs. I'm impartial here, right? And then we can circle back with the younger kid too and say, "Oh, older brother, he was just really wanting to go on his own, I guess."、Mm-hmm. How did you feel about that? As in boundaries, yeah. Kids don't have to make everybody else happy and do everything for everyone else and do everything with everyone else. That's fucking insanity. That's people pleasing insanity,、mm-hmm. right? So we want to be normalizing different needs. We want to be normalizing boundaries.、Mm-hmm. We want to be normalizing all the things. I think it's so funny. This comes up often too, where we're like. People are like, oh, I just, you know, I love that my kids are focusing on diversity, and I have all these books where it's like, this person's diverse in this way, and you are an emotional person, and that person's in a wheelchair, and this person speaks Spanish, and wow, we're all so different. But I think that we end up dropping the ball on diverse needs,、mm-hmm. parent to child needs, child to child, sibling to sibling needs.、Mm-hmm. Having diverse needs is the basis of diversity,、mm-hmm. right? Not just the choice you make about what you like or the, or something that's happened to you or what you look like necessarily. All of those, all of those、anything. are great. Those are all elements of diversity. But diverse needs need to in be, relationship <laughs> need to be respected within a home to really truly like get it to really truly、yeah. teach. And our relationship with our kids, and our supporting relationship with our kids and their siblings,、mm-hmm. talks about diversity. We can't say you are diverse, honor diversity in the world, and then say I don't like your idea because mine my idea is better,、mm-hmm. right? Or I don't like that you have an idea that puts down your brother's idea,、mm-hmm. right? We can't say that. It's just it just doesn't work.、Mm, kind of undermines our mission a little bit. Yeah, yeah. We had one final. Final、um, comment、uh, question here. It said, "My four-year-old says that he doesn't want to die or get、mm. old. Also recalls past lives and traumatic death. I give reassurance and love, but I don't know how to help him. He's very upset by it. Help!、Mm. Yeah, that's a that's a, a really、um, you know tricky tricky situation that can be very triggering for all of us. When my kids ask me about death and about me dying, 
I get incredibly triggered where I literally can't even talk. I'm so scared. Mm -hmm. And I think that when our kids talk about their death or fear of that or getting old, that can be really worrisome as well and really Mm -hmm. tricky. I think if you're really worried about high anxiety or a lot of perseveration on these things, um, so a lot of emotion accompanying it, right? That could be interfering with their day to day or their play or their learning, you know, definitely, um, you know, hook them up with, with someone who can chat with them. Like a child psychologist would be a great person. Mm -hmm. But I think I I love that you're also thinking, what's my role as a parent in supporting them? Because you don't want to uh, negate or gaslight their feelings. You don't want to minimize them. You know, you don't want to try and fix them or distract them from their feelings. Mm -hmm. Your child is telling you something and saying, Death is on my mind. Kelsey and I, we think about death all the time and we're very death focused. And I think if, if my partner was like, why are you thinking about that and talking about that all the mm-hmm. time? It would make me feel so alone mm-hmm. and so weird and If they wrong. were like, you're not going to die for a long time. Your Come family's on, fine. Everyone's right? healthy. Ugh. Right. And so I think that it's so great that you're just showing that and modeling that acceptance and that love and reassurance of mm-hmm. that you're safe and you're healthy and all these things. And that feeling is still okay. Mm-hmm. That you're so human that we can sometimes be afraid to not be anymore. Yeah. And that we see animals and people and leaves and plants living and then dying. And he's really um, impacted by that and really taking that you know, on very strongly. He sounds very sensitive, mm-hmm. super, super spongy, beautifully sensitive. That's a superpower. Mm-hmm. You know, in these moments, it can feel like a, a crutch or a curse, right? Mm-hmm. Or a pathology. Um, but we don't have to think about, about it like that necessarily at all. Yeah. I think yeah. when our kids are talking about things that terrify us, like yeah. I'm never going to grandma's or I hate school or I'm, I don't want to die or any of these things. I think so often everything in our, in our body language, everything that we say basically communicates no, mm-hmm. like, no, don't think that. No, don't feel that. No, don't experience that. No, don't worry about that. Please, no, don't bring that up, mm-hmm. right? And I think that our, our job, when we're able, is to be communicating yes, mm-hmm. even if we're terrified, even when we're inside saying no, 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 no. How can we be exuding? Yes, mm-hmm. I hear you. I get that that's a concern for you. Yeah. It's not going to tell our kids this is going to happen. It's not telling our kids your worry is incredibly valid. Oh my yeah. gosh. It's yeah. saying you're safe in this feeling. You're safe in this concern. You're safe in communicating it to me right now. Mm-hmm. So even if that's just nodding, even if we're freaking out inside and our kid is worried about dying or they don't want to go to grandma's or they say they're never going to school again, I think we can be nodding. Yes. That. Like that's, That's great. Mm -hmm. I think also another thing we do besides fixing it or minimizing it is being like asking a million questions. Why would you think that? Mm -hmm. Is it that Mm -hmm. show you watched? Is it this? Is it this? Figure this out. I think that we can ask ourselves a lot of those questions. Mm -hmm. Why would my child be wondering and thinking and talking about death? Mm -hmm. That was a very common thing for my daughter to talk about when, uh, I don't know, she was around three, between three and when my dog died. And it just spurred these death talks Mm -hmm. uh, and was really, really focused on it and working through it. And I think that it made me get curious about it. And then also when I felt okay and safe enough to to exude a sense of security to her, I would continue and say, tell me more. What else? What else worries you? Not explain yourself. Not explain and justify this, this worry or concern, but tell me more. 
And that can help us get more information about where they're coming from. And then they could maybe say, I, I heard this thing, or I read this thing, mm-hmm. or I saw this thing, or I worry about this thing or have this thing that's that can same, help us help them. That's the same for school when they're like, I'm yeah. not going to school tomorrow. And we're like, but why? You like it. But why? What's the logistical no, real I mean, life Is reason. your teacher nice to you? Well, yeah. Well, do you have friends there, right? Well, yeah. Those Instead kids' of, reasons right. aren't those types of things. Right. So just something say, internal. Tell me more. Tell or me more. I want to understand. Thank you for sharing that with me. Mm-hmm. What else? What else? Yeah. Tell me more. I'm so scared to hear. But uh-huh. tell me more. Just creating space and holding space. And that's the tricky part is sitting in that, that wondering, sitting in it and, and thinking, I'm just going to bear witness. I'm going to listen. I'm going to sit in the shit. I'm just going to be here and see what happens right. without controlling it all. Mm-hmm. Kids saying, I think I'm a boy instead of a girl. Mm-hmm. Right. Or I want my sibling to die. We're not. Or yes. these things that a lot of us <laughs> that feels incredibly scary and mm-hmm. uh, destabilizing and traumatic. Just show our kid we're there for them. We can hear them. We can see them. Mm-hmm. Allison, you said, thank you. Great info. You'll work on the yes. Yeah. Can we all just be, God, exuding like more a, it, yes It's like a tick no. for me. Seriously, <laughs> as my, when my kids are fighting with each other, when my right. kid starts whining, yeah. all the things that make me want to scream at them, I start bobbleheading. Like we do it. We just start going like this. And it, it cues me in yeah. to cool it, Kelty. This is a moment that you don't want to be reactive and lose it. Flow with this moment yeah. because that's how moments change, improve, how we people grow. I, but when I do it around my husband, we were moving something really heavy today. <laughs> and he was like, I can't something. He was like big motions. And I was like, okay, okay. And he's like, don't do that thing to me <laughs> that, like, that, that I do basically to the kid. coping. But I was basically just trying to control myself and trying to tell him we're okay. It's going to be okay. I'm here mm-hmm. for you. I'm not controlling your feelings. But here I am. I'm a helping person. No, but I think it's it's like cycling back to the beginning of this episode and saying so much of our pain in these parenting moments and moments of conflict is because we're rejecting reality. And the nod helps us go into whatever situation saying, I am accepting this reality. No matter how much it terrifies me, no matter how challenging it is for me, no matter how much I wish I were somewhere else doing something else. My nod is telling me to lean in the best I can with acceptance because if I can accept this moment for what it is, I'm much more likely to lean in with curiosity, with compassion, with information, <clears throat> with connection, with all of these things. Well, and with, yeah, with innovation and mm-hmm. with changing, I think so often we're like, oh, if I accept then I'm just a doormat and I'm permissive. Accept and, and that's the end of the story. And that's it. But mm-hmm. no, think about if your house, you were in your house and you smelled smoke. Let's say, nope, it's not smoke. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> absolutely not. Think about how far your mm-hmm. house could burn until you basically accept that your house might be on fire. Mm-hmm. And when you accept that your house might be on fire, are you just going to sit there? No, acceptance leads to innovation and optimization, mm-hmm. right? So to you would action. get out of the house, right? Because you Call accepted the fire department. what was actually going on instead of rejecting it. So let's think about what are these situations with our kids that we're rejecting, that we're saying, no, 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 no. I'm just la, 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 la. This Mm -hmm. can't be happening. I don't like this. No, no, no. You change. You change. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. When we could be saying, I'm accepting that I'm seeing my child and I'm witnessing them and accepting them for who they are and how they're showing up. They're saying this terrible thing. They're doing this awful thing. They're resisting this wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. Any of these things. And we're showing, doing the same thing for ourselves. I'm saying this awful thing. I'm doing this awful Mm -hmm. thing. I'm showing up in this way. This doesn't always feel good. I'm not pretending it's not happening. 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to work on that too, right? Mm-hmm. Acceptance is so big here and it's scary. So you're not alone in saying accepting all of this is really hard, but that's where the key to growth lies. Yeah. I feel but, like we're getting like woo-woo No, but stuff, so much but. of it is back to our like connection over control, trust over fear, progress over perfection. That I think mm-hmm. part of our rejection of, of what we see our kids do and the way they're acting is is this unrealistic expectation that everything look and feel perfect all the time. Mm-hmm. And so much of our work in that is saying, it's not going to feel perfect. It's not going to look perfect. That is the beginning of our acceptance is that we're all flawed humans struggling to get our needs met. And that is okay. Mm-hmm. Can we just let that be the foundation for moving through our day mm-hmm. in, in endeavoring to get those needs met? Yeah. You know, All that conflict, we have to keep reprogramming our minds. Mm-hmm. Conflict is an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Conflict is where growth happens. Con- Diver- diversity in needs is good. It's, it's all good. okay. It's all okay. We were all conditioned through our own experiences being parented mm-hmm. that any conflict, any you know, different needs, any disagreement, right? Any problem, people get in trouble. You feel less safe. Mm-hmm. You're, you're less than, <laughs> it you're less bad. loved. It feels bad. Yeah. So we're carrying all of this into our relationship with our kids when all of it, it doesn't exist. It's just kind of in our minds in this way. So we're doing a lot of reprogramming in that way and saying, it's just, it's all safe. So can we mo- mental mantra that for ourselves? Mm-hmm. I'm okay, I'm safe, I'm safe. We're reparenting ourselves in these moments as we're trying to exude that same confidence and security with our kids. Yeah. It's a lot. It's like two jobs we're doing. And then our partner's like, ah, flying off the handle. We it's so much more too. than two jobs. Yeah. It's like so many jobs. It's a lot. But it's a lot. Yeah. I think a lot of it, so much of it too, is just shedding that that skin, that fake armor that says, I should know it all. I should do it all perfectly. I should parent, I should teach in this hierarchy and stripping ourselves down and just being human to human with our kids saying, okay, I'm seeing you're needing this. Okay, I'm needing this. What can we do? And leveling with them as humans instead of being in this weird play, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's what, I, in those moments of stress, in those moments of conflict where I'm less aware, less self-cared for, less, you know, able, less stable mm-hmm. is when I click into that role of, ah, this, oh, I, you're doing this wrong. Or why are you doing this? Or mm-hmm. I'm the parent and you need to know. You get into your power play when you feel the most powerless. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I think getting comfortable in that sense of helplessness is the work and that sense of discomfort mm-hmm. is the work. It's some beautiful vulnerability modeling for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. We get to do it every day, multiple times a day. Or we get to try again tomorrow. That's the beauty of parenting is that there's always tomorrow. We look forward to connecting with you all tomorrow. Amy says, yes, me tonight. Thank you for this wisdom. Thanks for being here, Amy. We're all here showing up and growing up together. One conversation at a time. Parenting for sanity and social change. We're all here. Send us a DM or an email with any thoughts Mm -hmm. or questions. We'll hopefully try and get back to you. We're parenting full time right now. So it's been really tricky, Um, but we're thinking of you. We're caring for you. We're all here together doing this in our own ways with our own unique families and values and cultures. Um, And we're thinking of you. Thanks for practicing doing it. We'll see you all next week. All right. Hi, everyone. Bye.